Ellen Myers watched the numbers change as the elevator rumbled its way up to the sixth floor. God, she hated hospitals. They made her itch. Couldn't the elevator go any faster? When the doors finally opened at her floor, she squeezed out of the elevator, scratched her arm, and tried not to touch anything. Everyone always said that if you don't want to get sick, stay away from hospitals. But how could she, with Mom lying in a coma? For the past month, Ellen had wolfed down her sandwich and yogurt, hopped into her car, and driven the ten minutes to downtown General. She'd babble to Mom for fifteen minutes, race back to her car, and be back at her desk promptly at one o'clock. Nobody could accuse her of slacking off because of family troubles. Bastards. She slowed as she approached room 622. What would she say today? Could Mom hear her? Was she aware, only trapped inside an unresponsive body? Or was Ellen talking to herself? How much longer would this go on? Every time she cornered the doctor for ten seconds, he bleated the same words. No change. Still optimistic. Keep talking to her. Your visits are important. Her vision blurred. No, she had to be strong for Mom, breeze into the room and tell Mom all about her wonderful weekend at the spa. She'd leave out the part that she sniffled into her drinks. Forcing a smile and squaring her shoulders, Ellen strode through the doorway, chirping, It's a lovely day today, Mom. I have lots to tell. She frowned, backed out of the room, and looked at the silver plate screwed next to the doorframe. 622. Heart pounding, she walked into the room again and blinked at the empty, neatly made bed. Casey Cook carried two glasses of lemonade into the living room and handed one to Gran. Uh, thank you, Gran mumbled, taking her glass without looking away from the TV. Sipping her own drink, Casey sank into the armchair and scowled at the screen, wishing she could turn down the volume as the audience roared with laughter at some joke a charismatic afternoon talk show guest had cracked. Would she ever find a paying gig? She'd put up a website that promoted her services, but only bots and spammers had visited. Her friends were keeping their eyes and ears open for her, but half of them hadn't hidden their dismay when she'd left her job at Walmart to study for her private investigator license, and the other half were just better actors. Casey hadn't doubted her choice until now. She no longer daydreamed about landing eager clients and deftly handling whatever investigations came her way. Reality was a bitch. The phone sitting on the coffee table rang. What? Gran snapped. Casey snatched up her phone and set the glass down in its place. It's the phone, Casey bellowed, holding it up for Gran to see. Oh. Turn your damn hearing aids on. Casey said. If Casey didn't love the old bird, she would have killed her by now. She went into her bedroom and shut the door. Hello? Casey Cook? A woman said. Um, speaking. Oh, thank God. I was talking to a friend and she said maybe you could help me because you've helped a couple of people before and- Slow down, slow down. Casey plunked onto the bed. 
Midnight uncurled and shot her a dirty look. Sorry, she mouthed to the cat. The woman on the other end sucked in a couple of deep breaths. My mother is missing. A friend said you might be able to find her. I've helped people find their missing pets, Casey said as she stroked Mid. I've never found a missing person before. As soon as the words were out of her mouth, she kicked herself, telling prospective clients that she was inexperienced would never land her a case. Every private investigator had started out with a zero in the found persons column, right? But that doesn't mean, look, I'm desperate. My mother's been missing for over a month. You've got to help me. Casey suppressed a whoop. It looked like her spanking new P.I. license was about to see some action.